Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and today I am joined by a couple of my brothers, my buddies, my pals, my amigos, everything in between. Mr. Mike, how are you, man? I'm going to start with you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got to. Uh, I talked about it a little bit last week how I like to do things in excess, and uh, I bought my first pellet smoker, and um, I, uh, I used it tonight, so it was good, and the uh, the kids enjoyed it. Uh, Laura enjoyed it. I made wings. I sort of figured start out easy, you know, kind of break myself in and get used to it, and it was good. So uh, it was a nice day here. It was my one only day off for the last couple of weeks because it's been bike week down here in Myrtle Beach, and it's been extremely busy for me at work. So uh, we're almost done. We're in the home stretch, and uh, I got my CCMF, uh, Country Music Festival, uh, bracelets in the mail the other day. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll have off that whole weekend, and that should be fun. So uh, good thing, good things on the horizon. Oh, dude, I, I'll be up soon. Just make sure my bracelet fits me. I'll be, I'll be up to see you. It'll be a blast. It'll be. They, it'll be they added more general admission tickets, you know. Did they? Yeah, and they're not that expensive. You can, it's a, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, but Sunday. you it's don't have general event. admission. There's no way. No, I did. As a matter of fact, I bought the girls' VIP, and I got my, I got, I got uh, general admission because a lot of people that I work with are doing the general admission. So, well, maybe uh, I'll come up. Well, come up. There's plenty, of, plenty of room in the Stolfi house to sleep. Yeah, I know. I got my room. Um, and by that, I sleep at the foot of Mike's bed, for anyone wondering. <laughs> just like a dog. I'm just down there all curled up in a little ball. Uh, <laughs> let's go Let's go down south, see how he is. Mr. Joe, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? It's good to be back. Uh, stinks. I missed uh, the show last week, but I was in Dallas for work, and it was good to be back in the uh, Lone Star State for all of our uh, listeners from, the, uh, from Texas. But yeah, it's good to be back recording. I'm getting super excited for our Disneyland trip. Every time you go live on Facebook, Justin, there's more and more details coming out. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to be here before you even know it. So, uh, yeah, we're we're inside, well inside of two months to that vacation. So I think we're about six and a half weeks away. So super excited about that. If you not if you still want to come, Disneyland's a big place. We can uh, we can definitely host you. So get a hold of a show to waywithmetravel.com, and we'll see you out in Disneyland. Lots of fun stuff out there. But last but not least, got to come to him. He is my good buddy. I'm also away with me travel brother, Mr. Dan Rossi. What's up, man? This is my no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, no, I'm having I'm having a good day here. It's uh, it's crowded in my house now because Owen's back from school. I'm actually kind of banished to the kitchen now to try to record. So I've told everyone to like scatter to their part of the house and leave me alone so I can uh, so I can record the podcast. So here very we are. Very good. Very. That's weird that they, they ban you to the kitchen. The kitchen in our house is like the busiest room in the house. Isn't well, that typically the way it is in most houses? Well, yes, but. Oh, like typically I, I record in the basement and that's Owen's room. And now that he's back uh, from school, okay. he wants to be down there. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I, I could either be in like the living room, family room, kitchen. It's all kind of like one big room. So I'm like, all right, you guys are banished from the kitchen. Go. So. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Uh, everything's good here in the Suter House. Super busy uh, as we get ready for the Disneyland trip. I also have another vacation coming up in June to celebrate um, Riley's graduation from elementary school and to celebrate her birthday coming up. 
uh, and all that good stuff. So looking forward to that and trying to get everything all scheduled away. And for our Disneyland trip, we're going to have so much fun. Uh, I'll chat a little bit about my evening in the patron side. I uh, had a little incident with uh, my finger and a uh, sharp blade at kitchen tonight, in the kitchen tonight. Uh, but we'll chat about that on the patron side and uh, kind of what's going on with that. But, guys, you know, the one thing we started talking about whenever we looked at Disneyland is we have a ton of people who have never been out west. They've never been to Disneyland. They've never walked in Walt's, Walt's footsteps. And our whole uh, uh, point to going out there is to have these first-time experiences. And whenever we talk about first-time experiences, there's not many things you can do that uh, have an impact like certain attractions that were there on opening day in 1955. And the fact that we can celebrate one of these attractions and we can go back in history and we can talk about not only a current attraction in Disneyland, but instinct attraction in Walt Disney World. Tonight, we are going to get into a DDP in depth mixed with an extinct attraction episode as we take on the amazing Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I have ridden this attraction. Joe, you have ridden this attraction. But Mike and Dan, this will be your first time. Mike, I know you've done some research on this show. Uh, before you take us through the history, what are you excited about? Are you stoked to ride this attraction that is no longer in Walt Disney World, that is out west in Disneyland? I am. You know, I vaguely remember riding this as a kid uh, when I went to Disney when I was young. Uh, I remember that, and I, rem- I remember riding 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, those are two things that I remember, you know, from my childhood. So being that I kind of have a, a small memory of that, I'm really looking forward to doing that in Disneyland because, you know, it kind of sparked a little bit of a childhood memory, I, you, know, you know, being that something that I did with my family, with my mom and dad when I was little, uh, to be able to kind of do out in the Disneyland side is going to be pretty cool. It's one of those few differences. You know, there's a lot of similarities when it comes to the Magic Kingdom Park and a lot of similarities when it comes to the Disneyland Park. Uh, This is one of those things that's definitely a unique experience for the California side. So I'm looking forward to being able to kind of check that off my bucket list and say I did it. Dan, this will be the first time you get to experience Mr. Toads. You came to Disney a little bit later. This has got to be one of the highlights whenever you look at Disneyland. I mean, look, you got Avengers Campus. You've got uh, Cars Land. You've got some stuff that's not here on the East Coast. But this is a big one. This is an original attraction. Yeah, this is one that I'm excited. Again, like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited to be able to go on some rides that are also down in Florida, but to be able to experience something different, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I actually watched the, uh, the the Wind in the Willows movie that you sent over to us today, uh, you know, just because, again, I didn't know really a whole lot about, you know, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So I got to watch some of the, uh, you know, some of the footage from the 90s in, in Walt Disney World. And then I also got to see the attraction a little bit in Disneyland. So, you know, just that little bit will get you a little excited to, to, to get down there and check it out. You know, Mike, lots of history with this attraction it is something that we did mention is an opening day attraction. Very, very, very cool. Well, take us through a little bit of the history. Yeah, so, you know, as we know, it was in both parks, and it was definitely a Walt original. Uh, In Fantasyland, July 17th, 1955, opening day, that was one of the attractions that was there, and it's still there till present. It's one of the few attractions that are still there from opening day, Uh, so that definitely has some significance, too, for the, you know, the history buffs that are kind of going out there and want to, you know, soak in that authenticity of, you know, the the original Walt Disneyland park. That's a great way to do that, Uh, and if you, you, like like me, did Disney World as a child, if you were anywhere there between the span of opening day, October 1st, 1971, through September 7th, 1998, you had that opportunity to ride that. Uh, we know that 
where that was. If you're, if you're, if you, you know, if you're new to the parks like Dan, and you were kind of wondering, hey, where was this ride set up? Where would it be? And uh, Winnie the Pooh took that took that spot. And um, so, if you're walking by the Winnie the Pooh, that's where Mr. Toad was originally when I was there in the parks. And I believe that the uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea was somewhere near that too. I, I don't remember. I'm kind of remembering in my childhood. I mean, it might have been on a complete opposite ends of the park, but that was the other ride that I remember uh, being somewhat sim- somewhat similar to being in that area. Yeah, it's it is definitely um, talking about opening day attractions, Joe. It's one of those things we don't have that many experiences when we talk about Walt Disney World or Disneyland with the importance of opening day attractions still being there. Yeah, I mean, and obviously in Disney World is a constantly evolving thing. We're we're seeing more and more of those opening day attractions, even from 1971, disappear. And uh, but for Disneyland, uh, I will say this: this is my top three things to do that are different from Walt Disney World that I do like to do when I go out to Disneyland. Uh, Mr. Toad would be number one. Uh, the Matterhorn would be number two. And I love Cars Land and Radiator Springs Racers would be my third thing that I love to do what you can't do in Walt Disney World. I did this as a kid growing up. I remember being really scared getting on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I thought it was like a really cool ride. And there were certain scenes inside that I'm sure we're going to discuss that used to scare me when I was a kid. And that's kind of what I remember. So, uh, And even as an adult, riding it like five, six years ago, the last time I was there, I still get a little bit scared. I have a little bit of, uh, I guess, uh, PTSD when it comes to, you know, seeing some scary scenes in, uh, in the ride. But it's really cool. It's really cool that this is something that obviously Walt had his hands on in Disneyland. It's been there for the test of time. Justin, I think you said before we started recording, it's one of the oldest ride systems, I believe, uh, in either the U.S. for amusement parks. It is, 100%. Parks, which yeah. I think is really cool. It's a kind of a cool historical fact right there. And um, it's obviously, it's stood the test of time. It really has, and it's a classic attraction. Don't know why they took it out of Walt Disney World, but I actually think this is really cool that this makes, even though we don't have it anymore in Orlando, this makes, when we when us East Coasters go out West, it makes our Disneyland trip just a little bit different, and it's something that we don't have here that we experience out there. Well, it's funny. When we get into the closure, Joe, I will let you know the controversial, one of the controversial reasons that um, that they did close this attraction. There's a few, and there's actually one that most people don't know that we will chat about a little bit. But I do want to talk about the history of the ride system because this is something that you know a lot of people understand and they know Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but they may not know the importance of the ride system itself. So the ride system actually dates back uh, about 30 years prior to the opening of Disneyland in 1955. And there was a company called the Pretzel Company, and they created this ride system for fairs uh, to promote, you know, pretzels and things like that. And uh, there was a park out in the UK called Blackpool Pleasure Beach. And in 1930, they wanted to use this ride system to bring people into a haunted house, per se, uh, there at their park. And so they changed it from a pretzel, called a a pretzel ride, uh, into a ghost train. That's what it's called. So whenever you think about ride systems like this, it is called a ghost train ride system. It originated in 1930, uh, the ghost ghost train ride system in Blackpool Pleasure Beach out in the UK. And then it is taken all over the world. Walt Disney takes it and, and uh, you know uses that to implement Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, we've seen this type of stuff from Disneyland all the way down to your local county parks. If you've ever gone to stuff like this, just a singular track 
where you move along um, and, and ride through different dark scenes. So it is such an important moment in attraction history when we get the ghost train uh, ride system that's come in, and that is what is used for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and it's still used to this day. So uh, almost 100 years after originally being used out in Blackpool Pleasure Beach, it is still used in Disneyland to this day with Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. So, Joe, it's super cool that when you think about something, you have the carousel, and probably next to it is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride when it goes in history of ride systems. Yeah, man, we're going to be, during our trip uh, in the next few months, we're going to be experiencing a lot of history, not only what Walt did, but even like he just said, it, it, some of the older ride history, uh, ride systems uh, that, you know, we normally wouldn't get, be able to experience in Disney World. So I think it's pretty cool. Good stuff. Taking you through a ride through, as you walk up to Mr. Toad's, the cool part is I love the artwork and I love the uh, inscription that you see of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride on the outside of the building, but entering it, you know, you get all the great characters from The Wind and the Willows. The one thing that I love is there's scenes of the attraction on the walls. And as you look, you're kind of getting a... It's almost like walking into the Magic Kingdom or to Disneyland for the first time. When you see what's coming in your day with the coming attractions, uh, you know for a fact that with these images, this is what you're going to experience as you go through the ride. And then I absolutely love the 1900s air colored uh, multi-cars that they have there. Um, and the cool part is if you really pay attention the names of each of the characters from the attraction are on the front of each of the cars and you get mr toad mole mcbadger uh, winky cyril weasel and ratty and you can uh, depending on which car you're riding in that is who you're riding with and that is super super cool but once you board your car you are just now buckling up for the amazing part of mr toad's wild ride yeah, it's very cool. Once you uh, board your vehicle and you begin to start your ride, you wind up going through the Toad Hall Library, where you happen to see McBadger is uh, teetering on top of a ladder with a bunch of books. Uh, then you wind up careening through a fireplace, and they have a really cool visual fiber optic effect to make it feel like you're crashing through the fire. All the embers start going everywhere. It's a, it's a very cool effect that they give. Uh, after you kind of go through that whole fireplace area, you wind up avoiding a suit of armor that falls down. Uh, then you'll wind up breaking through some passenger doors and then you wind up going through a hallway as you see one of the other characters weasel swinging from a chandelier you then enter a dining room where the mole is eating a dinner and then he gets knocked aside all right so the next scene you're going to be heading out into the streets of london you're going to avoid a close collision with a delivery truck and that's when you go into winky's pub uh mr winky he is he is the villain of uh the wind in the willows if you're familiar with that movie uh he is the bartender. He's going to be holding some spinning beer mugs. He ducks down. He leaves the mugs spinning in the air. And then from there, you're going to go into the town hall. Uh, you're going to see a fountain with Mr. Toad and uh, Cyril's Proud Bottom, which is his buddy that he likes to wreak all this havoc with. Uh, and then after that, you're going to go into the courthouse where you have the Lady Justice peeking out from under her blindfold. Uh, you have a juryless courtroom. And then you have the judge basically proclaiming that uh, Mr. Toad is guilty. And then the card enters what's presumed to be like a dark prison. You have like, a, you know, all this darkness and abruptly you have some railroad tracks. And then the car bounces along the tracks before it it's, looks like it's going to be colliding head on with an oncoming train. You know, the weirdest part, too, about this. First, first off, we got we got to we got to take a take a second here. Joe, how are you afraid of a policeman, dude? What, what is the deal? <laughs> So, our, listen, I don't want to give too much away, but when our when Mike and Dan see it for the first time, he I don't know what it was with the Disney company, but they made these characters have the scariest eyes. It, it's between 
the policeman, and I remember when riding Snow White's uh, Adventures and the Gator. Like I don't know if it's the fluorescent paint they use. The eyes just used to scare me all the time, and they still kind of freak me out a little bit still. So you'll, you guys will see it when you go to Disneyland. You'll see Joe, it. it reminds me, and I don't know if you ever rode anything like this. So there's this theme park um, back where Katie's from and where I was born. So I'm not really from there. I, I moved away when I was little. But um, it is called Camden Park. Okay, first off, if you right now pick up your phone, Google Camden Park, uh, and you can you can look it up. It's got one of the oldest wooden roller coasters in the United States, and not only is it the oldest, it has not. I legitimately. It has not had one board replaced on it in 100 years. Anyone who rides this has a death wish. Like, it is terrifying to watch. But they used to have one of the old school ghost train rides at Cannon Park. Like, people, Jenna Ramey right now is going, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, Joe, I know what you mean because I remember as a kid, we would ride this. And it was somewhat scary, but it was always like you would go around the corner and there was nothing popping out. You it wasn't as in depth as Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It was one of these things where they just had faces painted on the wall, but it was the eyes because they were glow in the dark. They used glow in the dark paint and black lights, and you would come around and it would be right there and like the sounds and stuff like that. I, I'm looking. I, I remember that I mean, people were freaking out about the clown at the boardwalk <laughs> with the yeah. bull. This is worse. So I'm excited for Dan and Mike to see this. I, look, they're probably not going to be scared. Look, I'm also the guy when we go to Universal that's like grabbing on everybody going through the houses. So <laughs> I get freaked out kind of easily. But, you know, I was a little kid, right? I mean, it scared me. I mean, so and I kind of still have a little bit of, uh, you know, I think about it a little bit. Like when I was a little, I see these eyes I'm like, oh, you know, so. But yeah. Um, second off, this movie may have the best named character, Cyril Proudbottom. That is such an amazing name. Uh, it's fantastic. But I'm going to take us through our last scene. It's my favorite scene. Why is it my favorite? Because it's so different than what you get in the movies. You do not get this scene in the movie or the book, which makes it super unique. Maybe the only Disney attraction that the ending is different than the movie or the book. The entire room you go into is hot. It's heated. And you go in and there are devils everywhere, fire, brimstone, um, and the judge from the courtroom scene, he comes out and he is a devil and you realize you're in hell. Now, this is super unique for a Disney attraction that was built and opened on opening day in 1955 that you are sending you, your final scene of this dark ride. You're journeying through hell and it is such a unique experience. Um, now, at the end of the scene, you get this green dragon and the dragon... <laughs> Look, doesn't go, everything's going to be fine. No, no, no. It attempts to burn you with its fire. So this is an absolutely terrifying, terrifying ending to this uh, amazing attraction as you end the attraction going through fire, brimstone, and saying hello to the devil himself. It is absolutely a unique attraction. I think it's what makes it so cool is the fact that Disney went out on a ledge and they said, hey, we're going to make this one of the darkest dark rides that's ever been made. And uh, that's going to lead us to one of the reasons that it was no longer at Walt Disney World. Guys, before we get to the closure at Walt Disney World, of course, we still have it in Disneyland. Anything you want to add to you know the attraction itself, what you're looking forward to. Dan, I know, you know for you, now that you've seen it, you've kind of ridden it virtually, we've talked about it. This has got to be one of those. It's got to be, if not, you know, in the top three, it's it's way up there on your list when you get to Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, especially after watching uh, the the short movie, it 
you know, Mr. Toad is, he is my people. Like he is the guy that he wants, he wants to continually spend his money on all these cool things. He wants the car, he wants a plane, he wants this, he wants that. So again, it's, you know, being able to watch it and, you know, and then see the, the ride through uh, online gets me really excited. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Can't wait to get to Disneyland and check this out. And uh, yeah, here we go. Mike, let's talk about the closing uh, a little bit. You know, this was a big, big, big um, uproar in the Disney community as far as it goes to Walt Disney World. Yeah, and, and I don't blame them. I mean, it's got, it's very unique. It's got something that's that's different. Um, you know, we we get a lot of typical IP characters. You know, in Disney in Disney World, um, I can see why something kind of unique as this kind of earned its place to be in the parks. Um, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to this part of the California you know California trip. Um, it's one of the few things that I know I'm looking forward to. Um, I do knew I do I do know that we do see a little a couple of tributes and nods to Mr. Toad in Disney World parks. So even if you're kind of nostalgic and you miss it and you've ridden it in California before, you still get your opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, say hello to him in certain ways while you're walking around uh, Disney World itself. You know, Joe, it's one of those things, too, where the Walt Disney World traction was different than Disneyland and the fact that you have two tracks. So for the here's here, let's chat about this for a second because you've done this. Um, whenever we go to Cars, uh, Radiator Springs, you know, it has two tracks. Whenever you come into the dark ride portion of that attraction, depending on what side you're on is what you get. Um, and it's a little bit different depending on, on what you get, you know, as far as which way you go, left or right. This was the same way with this attraction with, in Walt Disney World, they had a track one and they had a track two, where depending on what track you got, your opening scenes were different, which I think is super unique. We don't see that in Disney attractions. No, I mean, I think the, the thing that we maybe see the most is on Space Mountain. In yeah. Walt Disney World, where tr- yeah. one track is allegedly a little bit, well, actually it is, it's a little bit longer than the other one. But besides that, like everything is usually the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so it's kind of cool. It gives you a little bit. It's like a choose your own adventure, right? Those books when we were a kid, you kind of like choose your own adventure. So if you bring somebody new to the parks, uh, we've never been on this attraction before, you can maybe get a little bit of rewritability on that. So I, I wish they kind of did that more today they really don't i mean now they use two tracks just for loading purposes like we see in guardians but uh, i think that was kind of cool it was a unique uh a unique feature that the, the imaginers thought of back in the day um you know it's in a lot of people go well, why did it close well there's a couple reasons mike um we mentioned a couple and you and i were chatting before the show the one of it is it's the only attraction that i mean outside of pirates you kind of get it um but you have a real uh, um, implementation of alcohol into this attraction. Yeah, Dan mentioned that scene before when we were doing the ride through about the uh, you know the bartender being in there and you know having those those mugs of beer, uh, you know serving up the drinks. So yeah, that was one of the few things that was kind of controversial about that. You know, you're in a kid park and you're kind of you know. Uh, promoting not promoting but you know kind of showcasing the alcohol a little bit um you know i'm surprised uh that i mean i'm not i'm not surprised that it was a little controversial um that and the very very last scene about going to hell was the other you know very controversial part of that as well too so i could see why it could be on the sensitive nature all right let's get into the nitty-gritty of it because you just mentioned the the two okay i want to have a little discussion about this so everyone, whenever they – Disney really never did put anything saying they were going to close Mr. Toad's until very, very late. They had rumored it, um, but they, they never put it out there. There was actually – Joe, there was protest groups in Central Florida that would go once a week. You would become a member of it. You had a, a membership card. You were a part of it. You wore the same shirt, and they would go and actually do almost sit-ins in front of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride 
once a week to try to save this attraction. Why did this happen? I'm going to give you just a little bit of history as to the importance of Disney merchandise in the parks. Okay, So when you exited Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, there was a gift shop. As is with everything, everything exits through the gift shop. There, it was a sp- park-specific Mr. Toad's Wild Ride gift shop originally. Stayed that way for many, many years. Merchandise wasn't selling because, listen, as far as you know, we get into the Disney Renaissance, things like that, uh, and other animation is bigger than Mr. Toad's. Mr. Toad's is, to, to most Disney fans, not a massive property. So they're not buying T-shirts. They're not buying you know um, um, souvenirs from the shop. So Disney starts to implement it a little bit at a time, more and more IPs that are, have nothing to do with Mr. Toad's. One of them they implement is Winnie the Pooh. So they bring in Winnie the Pooh merchandise, and within the first two weeks, all merchandise of Winnie the Pooh sells out from this location. We know the location. It is in a fantastic spot there in Fantasyland. Rumored that Disney executives immediately after seeing the numbers that the, the Winnie the Pooh merchandise was doing said, this is the way we need to go. Mr. Toads is not you know, cutting, cutting what we need out of a vacation destination. Now, let's get it right, Joe. Disneyland is not Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World is a vacation destination. Disneyland is a theme park. Um, people do not travel in masses from around the world to go to Disneyland. People travel in masses around the world to go to Walt Disney World. What is your take on the importance of merchandise and it being able to change um, not only an attraction but the entire look of a land, fantasy land in, a, in the Magic Kingdom? No, it makes 100% sense. And the reason why I say that, I'm just using a current example right now of a character that sells a ton of merchandise that they put on a ton of merchandise that has a really bad attraction. That's Figment. Figment is on everything right now. I mean, everybody loves Figment. People waited eight hours for a popcorn bucket, right? But the attraction is subpar. So it does. It, it actually makes a ton of sense that like they use that as a back in the '90s, whatever they used it, whenever they closed it, they used that as a as a test. Being like, oh, this is the way we're gonna go. It wasn't like they were pumping out Winnie the Pooh movies or television shows at the time. They just kind of tried something in there and it worked. And I think it kind of goes to the same, Justin. When when you take something away from us, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And it makes sense. Mister Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland. It's kind of like. That's that staple you go to. It's like the carousel at your local park. Like Mr. Toad is a is a staple of the Disneyland park. But in Walt Disney World, where people are traveling from South America, Europe, uh, all over the United States to go there, it's not pushing merchandise. They're not Disneyland guests are not spending hundreds of dollars on merchandise on their vacation. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it. We may do that because we're kind of making a, a, a pilgrimage out there as Disney World fans. But the the average guest is not doing that. So it makes a hundred percent sense where they use that as a test and that merchandise. You know, we, we're seeing that with a lot of with a lot of items now. I mean, at the, now they're shoehorning IPs into all of the attractions of the parks. Um, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, uh, merchandise is kind of together with theme parks, right? I mean, it's all part of the same yep. yeah. company. Yeah, I mean, so it's it, it, it makes 100% sense. I think that uh, they were actually probably smart to do that, but it's one of those things now we we kind of miss it because it's it's gone and we don't we didn't, we didn't realize what we had until it's gone. I, I know they brought back the the popcorn bucket, which I think was cool this past year in the Magic Kingdom, Mr. Toad's popcorn bucket, uh, but they had some of those left over as well, so they didn't really go as, as well as they thought, but yeah. 100% sense, dude. It, it definitely makes sense how merchandise definitely uh, moves how, what, where and what attractions. And look, even in the Magic Kingdom, man, just wait till uh, the new uh, Tiana's Bio Adventure goes in. All of Frontierland's going to be Tiana stuff. You're going to see it everywhere. It's merchandise drives uh, you know, the direction of the parks. Mike, do you think this is a 
uh, you know, we just had the news we talked about last episode of Star Cruiser closing. Um, do you think this is almost one of those such a niche thing for massive Disney fans, but most people who enter the Walt Disney World theme parks have never seen the Wind in the Wills. They never, they don't know Mr. Toad. They don't know the the other characters. And for the fact that at Walt Disney World, they're like, okay, we we it just doesn't make sense to take up that valuable of real estate. Whereas in Disneyland, I think things are harder to change in Disneyland than they are in Walt Disney World. I think in Disneyland there is such a Walt walked here, Walt chose this to be here and yes we're going to expand we're going to grow but also some things have to stay the same we've got to keep our our core values as per se um as being a disneyland fan no i agree and, and a lot goes back to like what joe was saying i think they have the fan favorites like figment and i think you would see those same protest groups if if uh if you know if figment was going to be taken out uh, i think maybe if if it was this time and if it was this time and place where uh you know we were in the social media age if they had talked about getting rid of mr toad if mr toad was still around in disney world at this particular time if it was still there and the winnie the pooh never came in and if they were looking to get rid of it like they've kind of mentioned before about figment um if they had the social media at the time would there be, if there was such a backlash on social media, would that play effect into whether they would get rid of it or not, whether it would stay? Would that have an effect on it? Um, I know I know, my girls don't know anything about Mr. Toad, only maybe things that I've talked about here and there. Um, but, you know, they've only learned about Figment from us going to the parks. So if, if it was something, one of those things that was at Magic Kingdom on a regular basis, maybe they would know more about it. Maybe they would enjoy it more. Maybe it would be a little bit more special to them. I can see how not having the same kind of typical IP fashion that it was probably probably an easy thing to get rid of and then you know put in something there whether it was more of a money maker but you still have to have some of that nostalgic stuff from back in the day and i think that's why it stands the test of time in disneyland because it's kind of got the rite of passage of being an original and if it's an og then it needs to stay there because you you don't want to have too much of a change in the park because then it loses that you know that walt feel um dan it's funny I think only Disney fans would protest for weeks on end the ending to an attraction. So that brings me to ask each of you this question. What attraction would you take time out of your day, if you lived in the area, you know what I mean, could go all the time, to go protest if it was going to possibly be closing its doors? Dan? You know what? I That's a tough one. I would say probably Tower of Terror. That, that, oh really? That, okay, interesting. That, yeah, that's one of my one of my favorite attractions at at Disney World. Um, Where are they going to put Die Hard? I I remember right. I remember I remember the Twilight Zone, and when I was a kid, I was terrified of it. So again, like just having that little nostalgia is you know is something I like to hold on to. I but again, like Disney is ever changing. So to say, you know, would I absolutely protest something like that? If I had to pick one, it would be Tower of Terror. But, you know, nine times out of ten, Disney, when, when, when they change things, they usually change it for the better. And it sometimes it takes us a little time to adjust to it, and we get angry. But then over time, we're like, wow, this is really nice. We like this. And, you know, and then everyone kind of forgets and is happy with the new ride. So, What's your take on, because you've never experienced Guardians, Tower of Terror Guardians, mission breakout yep dude it's it's awesome like yeah. i can't wait for you to be a tower of terror purist i can't wait for you to ride that for the first time and then i want to get your opinion i want to ride it with you for yeah. the first time yeah and, and i'm fine with that i'm fi- like i'm fine with that because i still have disney world so this okay. one's different so i'm going to be able to experience something different so that's fine but don't take away disney world then uh <laughs> mike how about you i would i would definitely Pirates. 
Exactly. That's what I was going with pirates. <laughs> if they said, oh, we're getting rid of it because of alcohol or because of, you know, pirates are, you know, mischievous people. And, you know, I, I would, pirates would be the one uh, that would definitely be there protesting uh, with my eye patch on and my, uh, my peg leg. Arr, welcome <laughs> with my, my peg finger after tonight. They could never, uh, after they, could, I, they could never change that. There's no way. You say that, Mr. Toad, was, you know? Never know. They, they already changed the, uh, you know, Splash Mountain, yeah, and the uh, the redhead, yeah, yeah. But they they would have to tear it down before they changed anything. Like never major. know, man. Don't know what's coming in the, in the future. Never know. Don't ever say. Never say never. Uh, Joe, how about you, man? It's something you going to uh, you're going to protest outside. Uh, Saratoga Springs isn't on the list, right? So I can't <laughs> <laughs> no. no, in all seriousness, guys. Um, I've said it before. You guys know I love it. Space Mountain is my absolute favorite. Uh, it, I have so many great memories there. I, look, you know, it's over. Even though it's not my top roller coaster anymore, Guardians is absolutely amazing. I actually took some uh, friends. I said I'm from South Carolina on that. We couldn't get enough. They couldn't get enough of it either. Could I? Absolutely amazing, amazing attraction. But Space Mountain holds. It really holds something very near and dear to my heart. A lot of memories there. I love the '70s and '80s kind of theme. It, it just. I just love it. Every time I go in there, the music, the atmosphere, the smell of it, the noise of the rickety, you know, uh, chain, uh, chain lift, whatever. It's I love everything about it, and that's something I would definitely uh, get behind and take time out of my day to protest would be uh, Space Mountain. Even though it, it probably is in need of a refurb, because uh, we will experience the better version of Space Mountain in Disneyland, which is much yes. smoother. Uh, you know, and it is different, but uh, there's something it's better. very... It, it is better, but there's something magical about... Um, the, the OG uh, that opened in 1975, that's for sure. Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me an attraction that's better in Walt Disney World than Disneyland. I can give you one, but it's not open anymore, and that's Splash Mountain. Uh, Splash Mountain was uh, number one on my list. Uh, that has the same... You know, I, I I go originally to it's a small world, but I love boarding outside for it's a small world. I think <laughs> it's that's the just, original that's, facade. It's it's, it's <laughs> the original facade. I love boarding outside. I mean, so I'm trying to think of things that Pirates is better in Disneyland. Um, I haven't ridden uh, the the Guardians Breakout yet for Tower it's of Terror. Awesome. So it's so, so good, I, man. Now I, they're I did, different though. They are different because I would say if you had the two towers next to each other, that the Disney World Tower is better. You get a little bit more yeah. with the elevator moving forward. You don't get that in Disneyland. Move forward. Um, so I would say that, but I. The people move it. That's unfair because uh, you know it's not open in Disneyland. I don't know, man. It's tough. Disneyland's got a lot of really good attractions. Pirates is better, like I said. So uh, I don't know, man. I don't think I have anything really right now. Um, I'm I'm so stoked for DDP to get out there and to because I've been saying this. Look, I we're a Walt Disney World podcast, right? We do Walt Disney World, and I love Walt Disney World. I've been an AP at Walt Disney World for you know as long as I can remember. If you've never been to Disneyland, you get a hold of me right now. You show it away with me, travel.com. You get a hold of me because there is something magical about attractions in Disneyland. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is one of them, and that's the cool part. But bringing us back to Disney World, as we close this up and get ready to head on to, uh, to our next stuff, um, I want to talk about, look, if you didn't have a chance to experience Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Mike kind of alluded to it earlier that you can still find him. He is around Walt Disney World in a bunch of different places. Um, of course, one of the coolest spots you can go is if you're heading over to the Haunted Mansion and you look in the Pet Cemetery, you can see our good friend Mr. Toad up in the Pet Cemetery up there. Yeah, he is over there. If you're on Main Street, Head over to the Main Street Cinema because you can see a great Mr. Toad statue. Uh, and there is a photo of Mr. Toad there, and he is holding the deed, um, which is incredible. Great photo spot if you want to take a picture with Mr. Toad himself. But my coolest one, and one that most people might not know about, is if you are uh, riding Winnie the Pooh, and you have to be sitting on the left side of your honeypot, 
If you look on the floor going through the attraction, there is actually a photo of Mr. Toad, and he is giving Owl the deed to the attraction. So a super cool uh, kind of hidden gem inside of that attraction. You'll have to look through. Just keep looking to the left on the floor as you're riding the attraction. You'll see that photo there. So really, really cool spots. Love the throwbacks. Disney Imagineers never forget anything. They always put them back in, and uh, super, super excited about that. You know, whether it's your first time going on Mr. Toad when you're out in California or whether it's your 15th time going on it, you know, one good thing would be taking some pictures when you're on that ride. And, you know, we love to see pictures, especially in places that we haven't been before. And you should post them on our DDP Facebook page. And some of those amazing pictures bring me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for it's time us to for get our Picks of the Week. All right, fellas, you know how much I love Picks of the Week. Joe, why don't you give me your Pick of the Week? So mine goes to uh, Brittany Dukes, and this is something that's actually really, really cool. And I'm glad that as since the pandemic, it's opened back up. But uh, he, uh, it says here, the Dukes girls all got their first haircuts today, and it went so well. Uh, she may have cried a little. Love making these memories, and I love that there are still so many firsts and new things for every trip. And it's pictures of her children inside of the Harmony Barbershop getting their haircuts, and they got the little Mickey ears on and stuff. I just think that's so cool uh, to have your first haircut in uh, Walt Disney World and you know uh, Main Street USA. So that's, that's pretty cool. And so, Brittany, thank Thank you for sharing those picks with our uh, DDP family. And for that, Brittany gets my pick of the week. Very cool. Great pick. Dan, what's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Matthew Zurich. Uh, he had a picture. He said, what it's all about. The people we meet and friendships we make. Really awesome. So happy I got to hang with Kyle McCammon, uh, Shannon McCammon at Magic Kingdom this past week. I'm already counting the days until Marathon Weekend. They're uh, hanging out, taking a picture in front of Tron. I cannot wait uh, for Marathon Weekend myself. Uh, Matt, Matt's a huge uh, contributor to our uh, Sorcerer's Running page. Uh, he's a big runner. Uh, I am signed up for the half marathon. I'm a little nervous because I don't run anymore. Uh, so, but you know, maybe this fall. This fall, I'm going to start running again, and I'm going to and I'm going to get ready for January, and uh, and I'm going to get this thing done. But yeah, that is definitely my pick of the week. Fantastic, great pick, Justin. What's your pick of the week? Yeah, I'm excited. Before I go to my pick, though, I want to say something about uh, the running team. So, one, people are just crushing it still. Like, even, you know, we, we kind of led up to Marathon Weekend, and then they, they still are just absolutely, like, crushing their goals, and I'm so proud of everybody. If you haven't joined that, go over and join that today. DDP, Today Sorcerer's Running Family over there. Um, make sure to go join that, even if you are just thinking about it. You think about just getting off the couch, thinking about just taking that first step. That's what it takes, and that's the important part. And that is the most positive place you could ever be a part of because no matter where you are in your journey, people are there to cheer you on. And uh, Matt helps run that page over there. He is so amazing. If you have any questions about running, reach out to Matt Zurich, reach out to John Castano, reach out to Anker Agarwal, reach out to those people who run that page and and really ask them the best way to get started and they'll point you in the right direction because we're a family and we, we want everybody to be there. As far as Marathon Weekend goes, Dan, I'm running the half with you, dude. We are run walking this thing together. Um, we are taking pictures with characters balloon ladies and all like we will we will we will see them all um and i'm also there's a ton of us doing the 5k together and we are doing costumes if you are signed up for the 5k get a hold of sarah castano about costumes because we are doing the 101 dalmatians and i will be dressed as cruella Deville 
in the dress and be chasing you guys all through the 5K. So it'll be absolutely a blast. Cannot wait. We're going to have a blast. We are going to be raising money again. Last year we raised a little over $12,000 for Give Kids the World um, for kids who are fighting terminal illnesses that uh, are able to go to Disney at no cost to them. And it was so important what we were able to do. We're doing that again. We haven't decided if we're going to do Give Kids the World again or if we are going to do a different charity, just kind of spread the love. But that information will be coming out this fall. We'll be posting that, and uh, we'll be able to put that out there, and we're going to raise as much money as possible again this year for a great cause. So thank you, DDP family, for everything you do. So let me get to, now that I've gone through my spiel, and now I've just been playing on Facebook. Uh, I've just been playing on Facebook here, and I've lost my spot. Here we go. Uh, my pick of the week is going to Nate Smith. He, right now, as we speak, is in Disneyland. Him and his family are out west. They're going to be joining us out there July 13th to 17th for the DDP Disneyland vacation. He said, worked all night, drove all day, hashtag worth it. It 100% is, brother. Um, Love that family. That family is the epitome of what DDP is all about. Irene and Nate and that entire family are incredible, and we love you so much, and we can't wait. We're happy that we can bring the party to you this time, and you don't have to travel across the country. So we'll be out let Disneyland know the DDP family is coming, and we will be there to create memories that will last a lifetime very, very soon. Very cool. Love the Smith family. Looking forward to seeing them. Uh, my pick of the week is to go to another good friend and a good member of our family, and it's Derek Pitzer. And, of course, you know when you put Star Wars in a pick, you know you got my pick of the week. Uh, and it says, with our Disney trip 20 days away, we thought it was time to introduce Oliver to this masterpiece so that he can understand and appreciate his time on Batu. And they started watching A New Hope. Fantastic dad win number one. So, uh, Derek, you have my pick of the week. Absolutely love that family. I uh, had the pleasure of, of planning their Disney vacation. I can't wait. He's very, very, uh, he'll be in the world very, very soon, and I'm very excited for him. So, um, guys, I don't have a whole lot. I mentioned the running page, I mentioned DDP Disneyland. Uh, of course, if you want to be a part of the patron, we're going to be talking over there about some fun stuff. Also, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit about some of the smart decisions Disney is making. Um, if I was to tell you that Star Cruiser may, closing may be the smartest decision Disney's made in the last 12 months, you may think I'm crazy. But over on the patron side, we're going to get into why I believe it is. And we're going to chat and discuss that a little bit and see if the guys agree with me or not. Uh, guys, let's close this up. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, I'm excited for you all to experience it when we head west here in a few weeks. I'm excited for you to be there for an opening day attraction. And uh, I can't wait to be there with you and to be able to experience this. We're going to have an absolute blast. So let's close this up. Hope everyone enjoyed this look back at Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Walt Disney World and a look at Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland. So much fun. Dan, I'm going to start with you. No, uh, Great show, gents. Uh, I am super excited about Disneyland. Hopefully before this show drops, uh, there'll be something posted on our page. But we're going to be putting out some DDP hats uh, if anyone wants to uh, place an order, either either for the Disneyland trip, or hey, you just want a DDP hat, uh, you know, to 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 show off your DDP swag, uh, that's going to be coming out hopefully in the next couple of days. So hopefully before the show drops, uh, I know I'm going to be getting a couple of these bad boys, but they look pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I am looking forward to Patreon tonight. Let's go! Super stoked about the hats. Absolutely. Yep. I completely forgot to tell the other guys. So this is the first they're hearing of it. Uh, this is Dan's <laughs> baby. So he took, yeah, I said, Dan, rock it, man. This will be, I'll order a bunch. Let's, let's roll. Uh, I know that the DDP family is going to want to rock their DDP hats in the, in the parks too. So uh, Joe coming to you. So yeah, you can sign me up for a couple of those hats. That sounds great. I'd love to show my DDP pride off while we're uh, in the parks out in Disneyland. Great topic tonight. Classic character, classic attraction, classic Disneyland. I cannot wait. Patreon standby. You guys are on deck. Love it. Mike. 
Uh, just got my excitement even more. If it, if it could be going even greater to go to Disneyland, I'm looking forward to doing this ride. I'm looking forward to doing it with our DDP family, and I'm glad I got to talk with some of them tonight. Love it. DDP family, have an amazing night. Spread some cheer. We love you so much. Right now, reach out to someone you, haven't, you, 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 you think may be going through something. Reach out right now. Reach out and tell them you love them. Let them know everything's going to be cool, and uh, let them know you're there for it because you never know what people are walking through. And so reach out right now and just tell somebody, hey, I love you. I'm here for you. That's what it's all about, guys, is being there for others and showing that love and spreading that Disney love. So uh, go do that right now for me. Have an amazing week. Love you guys, and I'll see you real soon. Have a good one, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day. Spread some Disney love and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the one and that is a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.